Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we have a special guest on today, uh, Dominic Wallington, Head of uh, European Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Uh, Dominic, always a pleasure to see you. How, how are you and your family doing? You know, we're really well, actually, thanks, Dave, uh, given the circumstances. It's, it's been nice to be working, working from home for a while. How about you? I, I, I'm doing great. Uh, they, they, they can't see you on the, on the podcast. It's, it's only audio, they tell me. So, uh, but you, you, you look fantastic. And, and we're going to talk about looking fantastic today. Uh, although I, I uh, so, so Stu Kedwell, as you, you know Stu, uh, who comes on every Tuesdays for Tuesdays, has got me, got me hooked on this, uh, this television show called Ted Lasso. Have you ever heard of Ted Lasso? I think Ted Lasso is my hero. But there, there you go. So, so it's got. I was, I was, I was binge watching it last night, and it got me thinking that I could probably just hop on a plane as a North American fellow and just go over and manage a European equity portfolio. I, think? I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Well, it it, it likely isn't because you're the best, and there's no way that I could uh, I, I could do what you do. And, and, and you've been thinking about, uh, well, I, I think what, uh, just, just in, in, in talking before we, we, we started reporting, uh, LVMH is, is now the largest company by market cap in, in Europe. And it, it got you thinking about a number of things. Why, why don't you share with the audience what, uh, what, it, what it brought to your mind and, and, and what it says about uh, Europe and fashion? Yes, I, I think Europe is a, a wonderful center for, for fashion and um, France it has a very specific position within that. Yes. It's very, very successful indeed. Um, de Gaulle's asked the question, is it possible to govern a country with 400 cheeses? And uh, <laughs> you know, perhaps he's, he's correct, but let, let's look at how successful France is in terms of its soft power. It's, it's rated number one in the world in terms of other countries wanting to emulate or, or visit or, or respect it or respect it, its way of life. And um, LVMH is, a, is this fantastic group that sits within the European marketplaces, run by a, a gentleman called Bernard Arnault, uh, who's a remarkable entrepreneur, so a very powerful individual. He's one of the richest people in the world. I looked at Forbes this morning. He's number three on the list. So wow. he's very very different from the others in as much as he's the only person who doesn't live in America. He's the only person who's not running a technology company. And he's also probably the only person on that list that doesn't want to live on Mars. So there's, there's <laughs> differences between him and, and the other people. Um, and yes, he's a great entrepreneur, but, but also uh, we think that uh, the underlying uh, luxury market has tremendous long-term growth because it's not just about discretionary expenditure, it's about uh, giving meaning to, to people's lives. Uh, and clothing has been a, an area where that's been the case for, for forever, really. Um, if you look at pictures of Queen Elizabeth I, she spent a huge amount on her appearance. She, yes. she kind of cultivated this sort of otherworldly magnificence. If you go to the Seven Years' War in, in the 18th century between uh, Britain and France, then the officers tended to carry lip rouge and powder puffs into battle. Louis XIV, shortly after that, made all of the men in his court wear high heels. So uh, um, fashion has always been a, a kind of a wearable language. It, it's something that puts you into a category 
um, and also gives you um, skills and benefits that, that, that uh, most people don't think about when they think about fashion. And, and in order to flesh that point out, I, I read a consumer survey which was set in, in, um, in China and one person had answered the question, what do you think about the price of Hermes uh, accessories? So they're incredibly expensive, as you know. Yes. And they said that, that um, Hermes was, was cost-effective. Uh, and that's because it gives kudos. It, it uh, implies professionalism, sophistication. So the price that's being paid is cost-effective in terms of the cachet that it provides the wearer. And, and we, we need to think about this when we think about luxury, uh, because it's a very important factor in terms of the luxury market. Yes, I, 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 uh, I, I read somewhere last year uh, that the, uh, for, for, the, for the 12 months, a Hermes bag was one of the best-returning investments that you could make, a, a, um, a Kelly bag. Uh, that uh, is one of the very, very specific, very, very expensive uh, Hermes um, handbags uh, that are sold. So you, you, you can actually almost look at some of these high-end luxury items um, as investments, like antique cars, art, that type of thing. Yeah, I, that's a really interesting point, actually, Dave, because we, we think also that luxury c could grow uh, and still sustain the, this kudos that I'm talking about. Uh, relative to other parts of, of the fashion market. And one of the reasons for this is, is that um, luxury can talk about provenance. It can talk about where the materials come from and it, and it can value those, those materials. It can value its provenance in a way that, that fast fashion finds very difficult um, indeed because fast fashion is about cheapness of, of the clothing. And there's always somewhere in the supply chain where some, something is happening and you know, workers are not being rewarded or whatever it is um, as a consequence of the fact that the model is all about uh, um, you know, speed and, and low cost. So uh, we think luxury might well benefit from this provenance issue. And there are lots of, of um, technological opportunities now to sell luxury. So lots of, of Internet sites that now sell on luxury. And you can buy top-end stuff, Hermes, LV, all of these, these incredible uh, brands. You can, you can buy that for the same as a sort of mid-range luxury product. Uh, and we think this will be part of the circular economy as a consequence. And, and so, so, Dominic, how, how, how does this play into to the way you're, you're building your, your, your European portfolio or the way that you have positioned your, your European portfolio in the past? Well, we do think it's an area of, of sort of um, proper uh, advantage, regional advantage within Europe. Uh, we think that uh, everything has a cyclicality to it, but the idea that this is very discretionary is, is wrong, uh, proven so. There's huge growth to, um, to be seen for, we think, some considerable time in China. Uh, it's expected that the Indian market will pick up as well. But, but funnily enough, the USA is, is a great area of, of growth, newfound growth. Um, the Hispanic uh, cohort within the USA is very young, um, loves luxury. So we think there's all sorts of ways in which the baton can be passed on a global basis. That means that we will, we will see plenty of future growth. 
and uh, therefore it, it's in a number of com companies that we invest in within Europe. Uh, LVMH is one of them. There are a number of other similar type companies, but also we're seeing this, uh, and this is really interesting, I think, uh, we're seeing this within the spirits industry, with, within all sorts of different industries. So you'll have seen tequila, the way in which um, top-end tequila has become very, very uh, uh, popular. In, in, I know in the USA, I don't know about Canada, um, but it's, it's something that's happening in the drinks industry as well. So we, we have quite a lot of exposure. But but are, are are these companies able to? It 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 it, it strikes me, and and I and I've heard some people think about the, the the fashion industry and and the luxury markets as yes, they 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 can command a, a premium price for their products, but there's also large costs associated with the research and development and and the and and basically the build out of that brand, the advertising, the image, everything are are. are is, is this an area of, of good profitability and, and the potential for profit growth long term? Yes. Uh, again, you know, a, a great question because scale is, is key within this industry. So uh, it's estimated because uh, LVMH doesn't break out the numbers, but it's estimated that uh, Louis Vuitton, the brand itself, which uh, has been around since the 1850s, opened its doors in Paris in the 1850s, uh, it, it's estimated it's got 13 billion euros of sales and that the EBIT margin is mid-40s. So it's an incredible engine of, of, of economic compounding. But uh, there are other areas of, of the group where there's a huge amount of investment to, to grow them. And it's this huge scale that means that things like the Remoa acquisition, which is a high-end German uh, yeah. luggage manufacturer that was acquired in 2015, 2016, that was subject to a, a substantial level of reinvestment, and it didn't affect the top-line profitability of, of LVMH. So scale, I think it's a, it's a great point. Scale is a really key consideration here. And, and as you said at the beginning, LVMH is now the biggest company by market capitalization in Europe, and it, it's got a sensational voice. It's got this scale that means that uh, investment can, can happen in all sorts of parts of its portfolio without hitting the um, profitability of the business. And it's got one of the most stable return on invested capitals of, of any company in, in Europe as a consequence of that. Yeah, and, and, and that's really a, a, a central tenet of the way that you think about in, investing money uh, is, is thinking about, uh, even beyond fashion, um, these brands or these companies that have, have built this, for lack of a better term, a moat um, and, and are very strong about return, uh, with the return on invested capital so this goes beyond, in terms of your philosophy, just luxury. This is just a very, I think, a very easy way to demonstrate your viewpoint because these are brands that everyone knows and recognizes and understands that premium value. But it goes beyond fashion. Is that not correct, Dominic? Yes, absolutely. Uh, fashion is a great area for brands because uh, it's um, the, these brands have very high profile. Many of them have been around for a very long period of time. But the key here is brands and the kind of power that brands provide uh, on a, a long-term basis in terms of drawing a, an economic moat around a business. Brands can be very uh, agile, they can adapt very, very quickly, um, they can be innovative, but, but they also always keep some um, element of their past, the, the cachet associated with the, the fact that 
it, within the port, our portfolios, many of them have been around for a very long period of time. Yeah, I, I, I know uh, in, in, in seeing you speak before uh, that you've got, uh, you've got companies that have been in existence for hundreds of years uh, and, and, and continue to, to build on that legacy. Uh, and, and, and that, and that value, the value of that brand and recognition, uh, continues to pay back shareholders. It, Dominic, just, just one last question. Is any, any concern that potentially, uh, this, uh, the pandemic and, and what happens post pandemic, uh, in terms of people, just as they have for the last year and a half, more people working at home, uh, does, does that maybe take away uh, the the importance of fashion. If I'm if I'm sitting at home with a with a nice shirt on, but a pair of shorts while I'm on a video call, uh, does, does does that in any way change the, uh, the the thesis, or 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 you think these are these are trends that have gone on for hundreds of years and and are going to continue? Yes, I I, I do think they're going to continue. Uh, I think we're in a hyper connected world now. Um, and in many senses, it's become even more important uh, in, in terms of being able to describe yourself and, and where you fit within society. I think appearances has become doubly important. There's, there, there might be some short-term headwinds, although many of these companies have been remarkably resilient uh, because they've, they've got an online presence. But, but I take the point, you know, we're, we're at home more there, there might be some short-term headwinds, but I think the longer-term trends are uh, are likely to accelerate. To be honest, yeah, and and that's that's what we're always trying to think of, and we talk a lot about this on on the podcast. That investing um, is something that takes place over the long term. Uh, you know, we, we we don't want to speculate, we don't want to gamble. We can be successful by investing, and, and investing in brands that have long-term success and value that builds and builds and grows and compounds uh, is, is how we build in, in true wealth. Uh, and you certainly demonstrated that in, in the way you're, you're managing money in, uh, in, in Europe. And, uh, and even beyond that, Dominic, it's always just fascinating uh, to hear what you're, uh, you're thinking about at any given time. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to stop by today. It's a pleasure, Dave, and we look forward to you coming over with Ted Lasso-like at some stage in the future. I, I will make my triumphant return to the UK as soon as uh, the Prime Minister allows me out of the country. So, <laughs> which <laughs> we're not sure is going to happen anytime soon, but we can be hopeful. Uh, anyways, Dominic, thanks again. <laughs> Thank you.